Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of TMI's PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. Once again, I'm pleased to bring you the audio of our Senior Chapel Talks from this past week by David Zhang, Wyatt Seal, and Brianna Quintanilla, TMI Class of 2019. Our first featured talk is by Shingside David Jing. In his Chapel Talk, David describes a chance meeting of a younger boy while home one summer and lifting weights at the gym. Through their conversation, this meeting led David to realize the importance of holding on to and cherishing your dreams. Thank you for listening, and now, enjoy this senior chapel talk. It was a typical type of dark, gloomy, rainy day, and there was barely anyone in the weight room back in my home in China. In that empty and quiet area, a boy at my age was being pressed by the bench press rod right on top of his chest. Maybe because that he's avoiding awkwardness, he was just laying there motionless with his face facing up, holding the rod without even trying to push it up. I could not describe, describe him as weak, but I could not find any trace of energy on his pale face. Not struggling, not yelling. He was acting so normal and quiet that no one could even notice that he was in danger. As soon as I saw him, I rushed to his side and helped him to set the rod back up into place. After a brief tank, he continued to do other workouts, and so did I. However, maybe it was because of the emptiness in the boring environment, he started to talk to me. He started the conversation very differently. How old are you? For some reason, probably was a curiosity written on his face. I started to answer those nutritionless questions, which came from nowhere. 18, I said. And in that particular moment, his pale face gradually became colorful. I'm only two years younger than you. You are in school, right? What school are you in? I do not know why he started a conversation with such a normal series of questions, and neither do I know the reason behind why he's so happy about our age gap. At the same time, I was already bored by those questions. Regardless, I told him that I studied in the United States with shortest description possible and reached to a dumbbell with light shooting out of from his eyes. He then asked me another question. Tell me about it. What was it like? I became even more confused and to a little bit annoyed by those pointless questions that no one would normally ask. Therefore, after I described my school as brief as possible, I asked him about his situation so that I could continue to do what I was doing without even talking to him. Sitting down on the bench next to me, he cracked open, he cracked open a bottle of water and sighed deeply. Then he told me that he had never gone to high school after the graduation of his middle school, which he didn't even attend. Because of his family's financial issues, he had to work full-time at a restaurant nearby so that he could earn enough to survive in this cruel society and just for a tiny bit to support his family. Furthermore, 
He explained that he had no friend at his age, and that's why he was so glad to see me and even start an initiative talk. After, he said to me that he wanted to play soccer professionally. As a kid, he was one of the best players in his middle school team, but unfortunately, he was about to give up. There's no chance out there for me to play anymore. I came to the gym just to keep fit, so that I could play if I ever have a chance. Now, waiting for me to spit out a word, he continued, "Just do not lose it at 16." I was shocked from the tip of my hair to the end of my toe. I sat there at the end of the bench for the rest of the hour after he left for his work. From the unbelievable maturity on his face to the tiredness curved in his eyes, everything that did not match this complete stranger's age taught me an unforgettable lesson: how cruel the reality is to strip all the dream out of the hands of a boy who is even younger than me, forcing him to work and give up what he has been dreaming about. This is more than the describing range of the word unfair. There are more than many of many ones living in the same world as we do, who have to give up what they have always been desiring about, and only to live as a member of the society, gradually being slowed down by the uncontrollable force. They stop running forward to chase what they have been desiring for so long, and change their direction to war face the society. It is beyond sad to see how tired and mature this stranger boy is, and well, I could do nothing to help. I have never seen this boy back into the same weight room again. For some times, I could even imagine him running on the grass field with his jersey shining under spotlights. But he have, but but he he does not have the chance of doing it anymore. Instead, he has to repeat his tedious. And long job, with, which does not belong to his age. Moreover, from the pale, energyless face, I could see his tiredness toward a life without a dream. However, from light shooting out of his eyes when he mentioned school and soccer, I also could find how long he has been dreaming about those things that he cannot achieve. Sadly to say. He was forced to throw his source of happiness away, and probably could never take it back. To admit, I could see it is true that countless people in the world have have to miserably cut off their connection with their dreams, and choose to do what could support them to live. However, comparing to those comparing those people with us who currently go to TMI, I find out there are many privileges that we hold in our lives. One of them is doubtless this school, which pro- provides us with knowledge, and also we do not need to worry about our meals on our plate and clothes to wear every day. Moreover, we are, we always have a platform that we could get all the resources we need for our dreams and people who whom we can reach to help whenever we need them. Even with all these things, I could still find there are many of us. Letting our first desire fading away as time goes on, seeing how it is a complete luxury desire for the boy even to go to school remind me how lucky we are just for having what we have. For the boy, there is nowhere for him to start what he has been dreaming about. So there, there is no excuse for us to be simple-minded and continue what's comfortable just for the purpose to live.
Therefore, no matter whether we want to become a doctor, a musician, a designer, or a scientist, we have to keep those dreams in our minds, cherish it, and do not let it ever slip out of our hands. Just like Will Smith said in his movie *The Pursuit of Happiness*, you got a dream, you got to protect it. So, protect and cherish your dream because it's such a valuable element, which genuinely is the support that moves us forward in our lives. And hold it tight without losing it like the boy. Thank you. Our second featured talk is by Wyatt Seal. In his chapel talk, Wyatt explains how silence can be awkward, but also stronger than you think. For many people, the thrill of hunting is in the kill, but for Wyatt, the joy of hunting is in sitting in a four by four box for hours of silence with his dad. Thank you for listening, and now enjoy this senior chapel talk. Earth is too loud. I know, ironic. Have you ever noticed that people never stop talking? I'm just as guilty of it as you are. For example, there's someone in this chapel talking other than me right now. And have you ever noticed that it's the most difficult to be quiet when it's asked of you? Like when Father Nate asks us to be quiet, and you can hear at least twelve people giggling. Probably because silence can be incredibly awkward. Have you ever gone on a date and simply run out of things to say? You can't decide whether or not to make eye contact. Now, if you're a guy at this point, hopefully you've come up with something witty enough to cause the girl across from you to talk and talk long enough for you to come up with something else. Silence is awkward. But I don't profess to be any better at this than anyone else. For example, I was once asked what my talents were, and my only response was, "I can make minute rice in 58 seconds." Yeah. Silence can be stronger than you'd think. The six-month span from September to February has always been very important in my family, not just because of the holidays, but because it's deer season. Growing up in a family where my mother retired at an early age and was able to take me to school and back every day and help with homework every night. Caused me to develop a strong bond with my mom as a young child. To be honest, it was stronger than the one with my dad, simply because I was around her more while my dad was at work. Grateful for my mom's interest and guidance in my academics, I became grateful for my mom's interest in my in my mom's interest in my academics, especially as years became increasingly more challenging. I used to go to Keystone, where the most exciting part of my evening was switching from math homework to science homework. I attended Keystone for seven and a half years. This constant in my life created a large amount of homework that my mom would inevitably help with. As an only child, those hours of not only helping me to do my homework but forcing me to actually get it done established somewhat of a matriarchy in my nuclear family. My mom would raise the student that I am today. Hunting, however, was one of the few ways that I would really bond with my dad. Those rare winter weekends we spent huddled together in a four by four box with small plexiglass windows that slide open with a noise similar to that of nails on a chalkboard. Would prove to be very influential in our relationship. When hunting, you have to be very quiet. It's really quite funny how well you get to know someone, even when no words are spoken. At first, the bond was difficult to establish because my whole life I bonded with people by speaking at them relentlessly, and listening far less often. This new playing field was uncomfortable due to my inability to stay quiet. I knew my father had shared this bond with his father when he was my age. Simple values allowed them to connect more easily over the subject. At a young age, my dad truly respected the sport, and from that respect, he created that bond. 
I did not initially find solace or pride in killing. It was no big deal to me. After shooting my first buck, I left my eye locked onto the crosshair, looking just past it to confirm my kill. The moment I had pulled the trigger, my dad looked directly at me and offered his fist for a bump. I looked over and I accepted the bump and looked back to locate my prey. He spoke in a normal voice for the first time since we had sat down, for he no longer felt the need to whisper. Awesome, how was it? Are you nervous? Not really, no, I replied softly. His questions made me feel as though I was not experiencing something I should have been. Buck fever is what my family and friends call the adrenaline rush that fills you just before pulling the trigger. I never experienced this. We sat momentarily letting the animal pass in peace so that in case it was still breathing, we would not startle it. However proud my dad was, I felt an inkling of disdain for not having felt humbled by the experience the way he first was. They say killing is one of the most humanizing actions a man can commit, but I felt no more human than before. But he couldn't have known I wasn't just there for the deer. I like to think I've become a better hunter, truly understanding the purpose. The hunt is not just for sport or fun, despite it being both of those things. With knowledge for inferior life forms, we have a responsibility to them to maintain their population. While the species may grow, the habitat will not. As a hunter, you also have a responsibility to kill your prey in the most humane way possible. So no, I don't only like to hunt because I'm on a quest to find the biggest buck. And no, I don't hunt out of cold blood. And no, I don't do it because I have to feed my family. I hunt because I like to sit in a 4x4 box for hours of silence with my dad. Thank you. Our final chapel talk from last week is by Brianna Quintanilla. In her chapel talk, Brianna spoke about the pressures to follow her peers on their path to success, eventually learning that by embracing her own passions and strengths, she would find her own path. Thank you for listening, and now enjoy this senior chapel talk. I heard a blaring sound come from my sister's room, and only a few seconds later, the footsteps of my mother stomping up the stairs. I hurled my bedsheets over my head, making it an unruly mess. My blood boiled at the noise around me, disrupting my sleep. Through my closed eyelids, the striking lights caused me to shut them even tighter. Doors opened and slammed, and still no one seemed to care that I was trying to take in the precious last minutes of sleep available. It was 6.15, and I groaned upset at the fact that I had to get up for school. Both of my sisters were already showered and ready, while I refused to budge from bed. Finally, I got up in the groggiest and sassiest version of myself, which many of you guys have probably not had the privilege of knowing, and said, again? It was only the second day of school for four-year-old me. That was probably when my mom realized I wasn't going to be the biggest fan of the idea of school. To this day, I firmly believe that if school simply started at a later time, everyone would be happier. But that's besides the point. Growing up as the youngest out of my siblings, I was fortunate enough to experience and learn from my sister's mistakes and accomplishments. I say fortunate because their mistakes and accomplishments made it easy for me to know what would be good and bad for my future. My sisters had their fair share of school courses that were rough to get through. Most of the time, they ended up in situations full of stress and fatigue 
due to classes they felt pressured to take while ignoring what they actually wanted to take or could handle. This kind of pressure can come from friends, family, or society in general. Personally, I had moments in my life in which I felt pressured academically by my peers to take classes or arrange my schedule in certain ways to be more successful. However, ideals of success are relative, and there is no instruction manual for reaching success. I mean, yes, we have to complete certain requirements to graduate from TMI. But what happens after TMI? What happens when the time to pursue our path for the future comes? In reality, there is no one moment in which we can decide to do something before it's too late. We tend to base our actions within the society's social clock, which is like an understood timeline of milestones engraved in our culture. For example, many still have the mindset that it is wrong to take a gap year at any point in your education because this will place you behind everyone your age. However, at the end of the day, it is your life and your happiness. You have the ability to create and decide your own path. At the start of my eighth grade summer, my close group of annoyingly overachieving friends, in the best way, decided that they wanted to get ahead in their high school career and take the summer geometry course. When they mentioned their plans to me, my first instinct was to say, okay, I'll do it too, not putting much thought into it. Later, when I processed what I would be signing up for, I got worrying thoughts about whether I would be able to get the A plus my mom wanted me to get in this five week long course. Quickly, I put those thoughts aside and tried to convince myself that it would be okay because I would be getting ahead. I told myself, hey, it's fine, everything's fine, everyone's fine, it'll be fine, let's do it. Besides, that was what my friends were doing. Therefore, I should be doing the same, right? After a long thought, while being completely confused on what to do, I started to think about myself. What are my skills? How do I work best? And what is my working pace? I knew that I don't exactly get material as quick as my classmates, especially when it came to math. I also knew that I wasn't exactly the type that could sit in a chair and work diligently after class, especially in the summertime. Usually, when I get home from school, I like to take a little time off to give my brain a break. However, I wouldn't recommend taking a nap, because if you're anything like me, you know that that 20-minute power nap turns into a three-hour deep sleep. I'll admit, I'm still working on breaking that habit. Taking this into account, I concluded that taking this class over the summer would probably not be the best decision for me. Now, I'm not saying I didn't take the class because I knew I would fail or because it would simply be too hard. I chose not to take it because I knew myself and how I worked. Everybody works differently. And for me, taking this class during the school year, I considered would probably be my best bet. I dodged that situation, but only to make the same mistake twice with my AP courses my freshman and sophomore year. Everybody knows that APs are all the rage when high school starts. Hearing my classmates talk about all the AP courses they had signed up for clouded my judgment once more. I thought that because my classmates were taking them, it was only correct to take them as well. Let's just say it didn't go so well for me. 
In the end, these two courses not only made my grades suffer, but it also made me feel miserable because I fell behind in these classes that everybody else had gotten the hang of. After those experiences, I felt that I simply was not cut out for AP courses. Taking CP courses, however, only triggered a feeling of disappointment in myself, and I figured it would for my parents as well, as my sisters had successfully taken AP courses in the past. Then came junior year. By then, I had discovered my love for photography and art. I decided to focus on those courses, and my school days became fulfilling. At first, it was hard seeing myself have a different schedule than most of my friends, but I persisted anyways and followed along with my new educational focus, taking it at my own pace. This changed my outlook on school. I was finally learning something that fully intrigued and sparked curiosity in me. I suddenly had aspirations and a longing feeling when I thought about taking this pathway further into my future. Every day that I stepped foot into my art classes, my day would instantly get better. I would forget about all my other stressors. Even when I am faced with stress in these classes, which, believe me, the process can get very stressful, it is the kind of stress that motivates you and pushes you to persist to the end because you know the final result will be rewarding. Finding this passion made the rest of my high school years worthwhile. In addition to the subject matter, it was the inspiring teachers and environment that helped shape my mindset. In a way, my sisters were my guide to knowing what was right and wrong because their experiences made me realize quicker that in order to be successful and feel accomplished, I had to focus on myself and my needs first. That is why I'm standing here today telling those of you who may not have older siblings to learn from my high school story and what I learned from it in hopes that you can get something out of it as well. High school is a tricky thing. So why add to the pool of confusion and stress by shaping your years around what others are doing? You are your own person. Different things make you tick. You function differently than every single person in this chapel. Therefore, have your own judgment and follow it. Who knows? Maybe doing so will help you get up in the morning in a more exciting manner than four-year-old Brianna. Most importantly, however, this will give you the chance to thrive just as much as the people you were trying to keep up with before, because then you will be following your own path. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.